How's everyone today? You good? You seem a little droopy. So we got to pick it up a little bit, but that's all right. Um, awesome to be here with you. Um, been out the last week, I guess, yeah, last week I was out. Uh, so it's good to be back and uh, with the Bridge family. Um, boy, it, it's, it's awesome to, um, to gather and to think about what God can do in the midst of us. Um, we are, um, we're, we're done uh, with the Crush series. If you guys, guys have been here, we did the series on Crush, and we, we didn't really get to tie it up as nicely as I wanted. I, I kind of got sick there at the, at the uh, last message there, and I didn't end up preaching. Uh, thankfully, Alicia Patterson stepped in for me and preached, and uh, thank you, Alicia, and had a powerful message. So I didn't really get to tie up the Crush series, so that means you're going to have to endure parts of that some other time, because we're going to... We're moving on. Oh. We're, we're moving on. That happens on occasion. Am I still good? Yes. All right. We're moving on to another series, and it's actually going to kick off next week. So here's what I need you to do. I want you to plan to be with us, plan to join us. Um, next week, as we kick off a series, we're calling, I may need a little help clipping this back up. Oh, I got it. I got it. Skills, baby. Skills. All right. So, so I want you to plan to be with us next week. We're going to kick off a series called Walls, moving from crush to walls. And we'll, we'll flesh it out a little bit more for you. But today, we're going to get a little bit of a preview from the book of Nehemiah. All right. And uh, you remember book of Nehemiah and talking about the great leader Nehemiah, how he helps his people uh, rebuild these walls around Jerusalem. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. But, but I want you to, um, I want to encourage you to come. I want you to encourage to bring a friend and, and talk to your neighbors and try to get them here for this next series because it's really, really going to be powerful. Um, there's also going to be an opportunity for you to get into a smaller community, a small group. Our spring series, we typically do this. And so uh, there's opportunities to sign up. Pastor Steve will be out, I believe, in the lobby there. He's got sign-up sheets. So uh, it's an opportunity for you to get uh, engaged in a smaller context. That's always a very powerful experience. So moving into walls. Today you get a little bit of a preview. Come next week as we kick off walls. Now, here's the thing. I'm actually not going to be here to help you kick it off. And I'm, I'm sorry about that, but I've, we planned something uh, with, with my wife and I. We're looking really forward to But my friend Jason O'Rourke, and if you were here, boy, probably a month or two ago, he, uh, he came and he spoke and it was really, really powerful. So he will be here to help us kick off the wall series next week. You don't, 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 don't want to miss it. All right. And then come and be a part of it and then jump in on a small group. Everybody good? Amen? Amen. Not north and south. All right. I really hope you'll engage because we, we love you and we want you to be uh, edified by this experience, by this whole thing. Pray with me one more time and we'll get started. Father God, it's good to be in your house. It's good to be in this place. It's awesome to see how you move and how you work. And we believe, we believe very deeply, Father, in this place, that you are still moving and still working. That your spirit has not gone away, that your presence has not gone anywhere, that you are still active and at work and moving. And Father, may that be a very personal experience for each and every person that's gathered here today. May we know and fully believe 
believe at the very deepest part of our souls that you are here, and that you move, and that you capture our hearts and our imaginations, and great things are done on your behalf. We thank you, Father God, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, audience participation. You don't have to stand up, but I do need your hands. All right, everybody raise your hands. Up a little bit. Good, 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 good. All right, now you probably did this when you were younger. If you're a church person, you can put them down. I just want to make sure they're free of cell phones and other things, all right? So you probably did this when you were a little kid. So take your hands like this and clasp them like this. It's going to all come back to you in just a moment. If you didn't grow up in church, this is what weird little church children did when we were growing up. All right. So yeah, you do like this. And then we call this the church. This is the church. And then you made a steeple. This is the steeple. How many of you did this? Nod. Did you do this? Good. All right. I'm not the only one. This is the steeple. And then you roll your fingers over. And what was that called? All the people. All right, let's do it one more time because it's just kind of fun. All right, so fingers like this. Here's the church. Say it with me. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the door. Here's all the people. And you wiggle them around. Isn't that awesome? It's fun how we think about church, isn't it? Some, some, it's really fun how we make these impressions on, even on young kids as we're coming along about church and what it means and what it's all about. I'm kind of a church nut. I, I really love church. Um, it's, what I, it's what my whole life sort of evolves around to a certain extent. And uh, we're raising our kids to sort of be lovers of the church and to be leaders in the church. But it's interesting how we think about church. We, you know, we think sometimes only in terms of a building or a structure. But when we really drill down, all of us are fully aware of the reality of the fact that the church is you and it's me. So... Lean over to the person next to him and say, you're the church. You're the church. Just whisper it in their ears. So the church is really flesh and blood, right? The church is really people. Amen. The church is really really people. And, And if you've been around long enough, you really begin to sort of believe that and you honor that and you, you really, you really believe that. But it's also pretty powerful it's also pretty powerful when a church has, has a vision to go somewhere. And, and maybe that vision actually involves more of this part of the church, this, the physical building and the steeple and, and putting up new walls and so forth. So here's what I'm going to do with you this morning. I want you to, um, I'm going to give you some little inside intel, some, a sneak peek of something that's coming for our church. It's a vision for the people and it's really, really powerful. I want you to take a peek at some of these pictures right here. Um, we're going to expand this church. We're going to build on to our church. And some of you probably have, you probably have seen a little bit of this, but most of you have not. So this, these are some of the first architect pictures of, of our physical plant that we're going to expand on. I just want you to take a picture. So if you're looking over here to the, to the right of the image, you'll see the church there. That's where, as it current, sort of right behind you. And this is redoing that, 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 that side of the church, Right? And you can kind of see how the entrance will change. You can see there's a little tower up there and so forth. I think we could probably bungee jump from that tower. That'd be kind of fun. Um, youth ministry. That'd be, all right. So, and this is a little bit closer picture. You can kind of see the roundabouts redone. New entryway. It's all kind of nice there. And then once you get on the inside of that part, look at that. Yeah. Like that? Yeah. 
Yeah, come on, people. Jeez. All right, so this is kind of the lobby, and, and what's really cool, remember, it's not just the physical structure, it's the, it's the people. And so what this provides is kind of an open space. You've got places to sit. There'll probably be more places to sit and so forth, but we can actually connect with one another. Isn't that kind of cool? It's kind of nice. Nice little lobby area there. There's one dude that's sitting there alone. He's contemplating about things, I guess. So we can do that. All right, so go to the next one. And this is the children's ministry building. This will be a new building for children's ministry because we, we value little people here at this church too. Amen? Amen. So, so that's, that's kind of the vision of, um, of the Forest Lake Church. This is going to be our future. And it's really, really awesome to think about it as a church and as a people. That, that yeah, this, you know, we're gonna ha- we have a building. We're going to expand on that building. But what we, ultimate really under- what we ultimately really understand about having a building is it's not so much what happens you know, with the physical structure of the building. It's what happens with the people, right? It's what happens with the people on the inside of that building. So, Nehemiah. We'll take you to Nehemiah chapter 4. Now, if you, with all of this background, with all of the stuff that I just shared you and the images and so forth, I want you to think about another building project that went on in the Bible. It's Nehemiah chapter 4. For those of you who are familiar with Nehemiah, you know that Nehemiah was involved in a building project himself. He's going to expand sort of uh, the, these walls and build, rebuild some walls around the city that he loves, the city of God, the city for God's people. It's called Jerusalem. And what's going on, just a little context, is that God's people have actually been removed from their city. They've been in, in exile, but now things have changed. And Nehemiah, as a leader, is going to go, go back to Jerusalem, from Persia to Jerusalem. He's moving to lead his people as they rebuild some walls. Uh, they've been decimated. Their hearts have been broken. They've been in exile. They've been basically prisoners. Their whole spiritual community has been disrupted. Things haven't gone well for a very long time. And, and, and the result of that is these, are these walls that have come down. And so Nehemiah gets it on his heart. God places it on his heart. Go back and rebuild those walls so you can protect the city that you love. And God can begin to do something with the people anew again. So this is a big project for Nehemiah. His heart and his soul are really in it. But what people don't realize is that that Nehemiah sort of is keeping, he's kind of keeping a secret from the people. It's important that he get those walls rebuilt. That's what God placed on his heart. But God's also, God's also going to do something very, very powerful, something else very, very powerful with these people. So I want you to go to Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. And what you'll see here. What you'll see here is sort of where Nehemiah begins to tip his hand about ultimately what God is going to do. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 10 11. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemy said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we'll kill them and put an end to their work. So here's Nehemiah. A great leader, he's rallied the people, he's inspired the people, he's encouraged the people. Let's go rebuild the walls and thus begin to rebuild what God is doing among us. But he's got some negative people, he's got his enemies trying to destroy what he's doing. And the people hear this. 
All the people that he's rallied, all of his followers, all the people of Israel hear this and they get discouraged. Ever been discouraged about church? It's okay, you can be honest, all right. My feelings won't be hurt. Ever been discouraged? Ever wondered if the church is ever going to get moving and go somewhere and do something powerful because we know that God is awesome and powerful and he wants to do stuff with his church. He wants to build and he wants to grow his people you kind of sit there and you go, man, come on. Is the church ever going to get moving? And if you work for the church, like I have my whole life, you sit there and you go, man, changing the church, transforming the church, getting the church moving in any direction is like turning the Titanic, baby. The theme song of most churches is, I will not be moved. <laughs> All right, that, that's it. I'm serious. Excuse me. So you can get discouraged. And then you have other people talking and they're discouraged. And and you just, after a while, you just kind of say, I'm done with this church thing. I'm moving somewhere else. And Nehemiah, the good leader that he is, go with me to verse 14. Listen to what he says. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Listen to Nehemiah. He steps in there and says, look, look, don't worry about the distractors. Don't even worry about how discouraged you can become when you listen to the negative people. Step in there because there's more at stake. Your kids, your family, your friends, the church matters because people matter. These people, Nehemiah said, look, think about your families, think about those people, the very people that you love and the people that are closest to you. Um, you, Don't give up what we're doing here. Don't lose sight of the vision of what we're doing here, people, because there's so much more at stake. There's something much bigger going on here. And you, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna get down at times, but don't stay down. Get back up. Jump back in. Remember what we're after here. Remember the images. Remember that, that more preferred future that we're working for. And it's not just about a building. It's ultimately, as Nehemiah is going to show us, so much more about what God is going to do among the people. Among the people who are hanging out in that building. See, God's end game has always been not just to develop buildings, not just to grow big churches, not just to have mega buildings, but to have mega spiritually awesome people whose hearts and lives are being being transformed by the Spirit of God, whose hearts and lives are fully devoted to what God is doing in the world, who, who come and they gather together as a community of people and they collectively raise their voices and worship and they collectively encourage one another and they collectively believe that God is moving us somewhere. And the challenge today is for us not to get discouraged, but to remember that God is doing something. 
He's doing something quite profound. it's, It's important to notice here just how quickly they got done with the building of the walls. Go to Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 15. Check this out. They built the walls, get this, so the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. Again, Another hit. While it was important for them to go through the experience of rebuilding the walls, all the families gathered on the walls. Nehemiah led them. They worked together shoulder to shoulder. They sweat. They protected one another because their enemies were trying to destroy what they're doing. But it was done, baby. It was done in 52 days. Why? Because God had bigger priorities for the people. He had bigger priorities for the people. Nehemiah probably had some sense that God was doing something more with the people. There was something he wanted to do in that community that that wasn't just about having the walls around them. There was something more. So go to Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 2 through 3. This is really cool. You begin to get a little hint of what God is going to do. Nehemiah uh, is right here. It's uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 2 and 3. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women. So he gathers all the people. The walls are done. It's a big assembly now. And notice what they do, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. Hired it, um, he hired it out loud from daybreak um, till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. So basically what happens, they build this big platform, Ezra gets up there, and he begins to read out loud. He begins to, he begins to read the book, the book of the law, the Bible, essentially, to all the people. Now, you got to capture what's going on here. They just completed a major deal. You would think that, you know, they're going to have like this awesome like celebration service. They're going to bring in all the music and all the whatever they do. They get one dude up there, all right? And he's just going to read the Bible. Now, 2016 Christians, if you come next week and for every service, you come and you sit down and Pastor Jeff and I are just going to read the Bible. Starting in Genesis and by the way, by the way, the timeline is going to move forward because you got to be really early. It says that they were there at daybreak. So you got to get here like 645. Some of y'all ain't going to make it, all right? Y'all can't make it at like 945, all right? So, so listen, this, this is how church is going to go next week. At, at, at 645, y'all going to show up and sit down. Evan's not going to do any music. Uh, our band's not going to do any music. Y'all just going to sit. And I'm going to get up here and read the entire Old Testament to you, including the genealogies. (laughs) How's that going to go? Y'all going to be transferring so fast, right? This is what I'm telling you. God was doing something amongst these people. And it wasn't some big, some big fanfare. It wasn't, it wasn't entertainment. It wasn't, it wasn't any big show that was going on. It was just God speaking through his word. Here's the power of God's word. God's word reveals who he is to his people. It's his, it's, it's, it's his character. It's his, it's his invitation to get to know him better. You see, ultimately what God was was, was trying to get at with these people is what was happening on the other side of the wall. 
on the inside of those walls is that he wanted to have a space for his people so that they could get to know him better. And so the first thing Ezra does after they do all this building is he just gets up and he begins to read the book of the law because it reveals who God is. They sort of lost sight of that perhaps. They've been in exile. They've been distracted. They've been through all kinds of stuff. All right. And, and, and so Ezra gets up and he begins to read and he begins to reveal who God is. And they begin to sense that there is a God who deeply loves them and cares about them. There's a God who, who is interested in being with them and wanting to be in community with them. And notice, notice what happens as God begins to show himself to the people. It's kind of crazy. The people are just really a mess. As God shows himself, their hearts are broken. Their hearts are broken as God's character is sort of revealed to them. And they begin to sort of grieve this. Probably a good grief. There's a conviction. There's something about them. There's sort of, when God shows himself to us, there's sort of a there is a bit of a brokenness that is revealed to us because he's so good and he's so awesome and he's so mighty. But it's also because someone so good and so awesome and so mighty would want to know me and want to be with me and want to be close with me. So these people were just rocked. Just rocked. And they're broken. And Nehemiah, so much so that Nehemiah has to do this. He... um. He calls, he, he decides to, to tell him to do something a little bit different. Nehemiah 8 and verse 10. He says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So he sees all this that's going on. He just tells the people, hey, go and have potluck and go eat. What a good leader Nehemiah is. Isn't that awesome? He must have been Adventist too because it goes, from the, it goes from morning and they get out at noon. They get out at noon. And they go eat. That's just like us. But the reason they ate and they came together and they connected with one another is because they got a picture of who God was. And when a community of people begin to gather together and they begin to get a picture of who God is, God does something in the midst of those people. Not only does he build nice churches, not only does he expand the vision of the physical plant, but he begins, to, uh, he begins to change the hearts of people. He begins to expand the vision of the people, and they press together. They come together. And they enjoy one another's company. See, it wasn't, it was really a, a lot about what was happening on the other side of those walls. It was, it was God needing a people to come together and to press together and to not only know God, but to know one another. And the best way to know one another is to sit down around some food, people. Amen? And that's what you begin to see happen. God reveals himself. He breaks hearts. Not in a bad way, in a good way. And that brokenness ultimately ends up bringing people together because you and I share in that brokenness. We share in, in understanding who God is and his character and going, wow, I'm not worthy of that. You're not either. Let's come together and celebrate that, that powerful reality. And that's what happens to the people. It's pretty good, pretty cool. 
Verse, verse 12, chapter 8, verse 12. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understand the words that had been made known to them. What results after this is, a, is another time of confession, another time where God's stirring the spiritual pot among the people, not, because he, not, not in order just to celebrate the completion of the walls, but to celebrate what he's going to do among them, to create a spiritual community that comes together, that surrounds each other, that, that encourages one another, that has a sense not only of a vision of a physical plant, but a vision for a spiritual people that are going to grow and become and do great things on behalf of the kingdom. One final thing that they do, and i got to wrap it up. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 38, get this. In view of all this, in view of all this, we're making a binding agreement, putting it in writing, and our leaders, our Levites, and our priests are attaching or affixing their seals to it. So you see what happens here. God begins to stir them spiritually. He begins to bring them together and they become bound to one another. They're connected because they share a common, a common love for this God who just revealed himself to them. And then they decide, we want, we want to stay committed. We want to, we want to, bind, we want to make a binding agreement that we're going, to, we're going to stay in this thing, that we're going to be a part of this thing. Not because we're building, we built a great wall, but because we believe in this great God who bring, who's brought us together, who has shown himself to us and who has shown his power to us. We, we want to be a part of that. So my, my big appeal to you is that I believe that God is doing something more than just building these, these great walls that we're going to have, and they're going to be awesome. He's doing something, and he wants to do something on the inside of those walls. And he's already doing stuff on the inside of these walls now, but he's got even bigger plans for us. And one of those things is he's saying, come together, be my people. Come together in the common reality and understanding that I am your God. And as I reveal myself to you, it will mess you up because I'm so good, because God is so good, he just messes people up. For us to handle that, we need each other. When we become convicted of that, it ultimately, it winds up where we are more committed to what God is doing and what the people around me and my spiritual community are doing. That's the, that's the fruit of this whole thing. So here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. God, God chose you for such a time as this. It's not by accident. It's not by accident. It's not by accident that you, that God revealed himself to you. He showed himself to you and you just kind of said, wow. Wow. I, and I want to be around people who God continues to show himself to. And that's why you're here. It's not, it's not by accident. God has chosen you. He's chosen me for such a time right now as this. Not just to build up a great church, which we're going to do. And we got great vision for the future of this church. But in fact, to build up a great and beautiful community of spiritually focused people. Now, there's a video I found this week, and I'm going to share it with you uh, right as we close here. There's a video that I found this week that really captures this. And it's a, it's a young man who takes a passage out of the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. 
And he just, he, he articulates it and he, and he shares it in such a profound way that I, I couldn't wait to share it with you this week. So um, think about what we've just shared. Think about how God is building and doing something amongst us by his spirit as he reveals himself to us. And listen to these words um, from Colossians chapter 3. Brothers and sisters, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves in the following. Tender-hearted mercy. Tender-hearted. Let's get started. As his holy people, the course is charted. Serve the sick, lead the lost, bring home the departed at any cost. Feed those who hunger, give water to the thirsty, show the world his love and tender-hearted mercy. Kindness. Search the world, find a mess, a grind of stress, a lack of rest, causing far less kindness than you'd expect. Far less smiles on far fewer faces, far less serving in not enough places, and kindness leaving minimal traces. Thankful. It's more than gratitude, it's accepting. Patience, it's more than waiting, it's expecting. Peace, it's more than silence, it's resting. Gentleness is a gentle bliss, a welcoming kiss, an unclenched fist. Oh, we're just beginning our list. Humility, the ability to reject rigidity and reveal humanity. Make allowance for each other's faults just as allowances were made for yours. Forgive one another because forgiveness opens doors. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. Let it act as the glue, binding nation to nation, binding brother to sister, binding me to you. Let us all bind together around the one who is true, the one who came to make us all new. And harmony. We are in need of some harmony, aren't we? Aren't you? One body, singular. The invited, united. The saved, in sync. The joyous, joined. The redeemed, reconciled. The changed, chained together forever as one. Brothers and sisters, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, Clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful brothers and sisters since God chose you Let's pray. Father God, it's good to know that you are still at work among your people. 
And Lord, in, in the mighty and awesome way, you're building each one individually. There's no question. You're active in all of our lives. But you're also building something, Lord, collectively in a community of people. May the vision of Nehemiah and the vision of Colossians 3 become a reality for us. And may we, as we are chosen and as we are called, make every effort, every effort with every prompting of your spirit to make that a reality right now. We thank you, God. We praise your name. We're grateful for the privilege to worship you in this place. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. We'll see you guys next week. Start of the Walls series.